how hard did you push it till I black out? Yes. Numerous times, yes. happening municipals this is ashton and not big c uh this is the other chris uh in my life you can call him i call him hussy normal chris medium-sized chris uh but chris is joining me today to talk about some of our recent rounds chris how's it going man good mr moss how are you good i've been seeing a lot of you these days i've you know i have a gigantic big chris size hole in my life and i've just filled it up with a slightly taller slightly slender version of uh Big Chris, who doesn't hey. say pristine quite as much. <laughs> uh, I try to I try to expand that vocabulary a little bit, but uh, yeah, no, it's been great playing with you. Uh, I don't know what three three rounds in a row with you. It's been it's been great. Yeah, and I think we're gonna get out to uh, to Sharp Park here uh, this weekend. So a lot of golf together, and I'm certainly certainly not mad about it. But yeah, we're here to talk about. Um, we played two courses together. One you could call it tournament prep, or you can also call it you know us sort of coasting out of a, 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 a Thursday on the little early end at Metropolitan Golf Links in Oakland, uh, and then also Winte Vineyards uh, out in Livermore. Um, one again was like. Uh, I think Metropolitan, we played 14 holes. So I know Chris has played there before. So we only got in 14. Uh, and Wente, we were air quotes competing, which will certainly be kind of part of the story. Because at least for me, even though it was a two man best ball tournament, it's the first time I've, you know, put a peg in the ground where it sort of mattered in, in quite a while. So we'll talk about both. But Chris, I'd love to kind of, you know, you were on episode five talking about our wonderful Southern California golf trip. Um, if you could just give the people a little context into, again, how your golf game is, what are you working on? I think that bringing you to life is, uh, you know, a human if you want to talk about yourself in another way. But also as a golfer is really helpful so people can kind of visualize, um, you know, your game a little bit as you talk about these courses. Yeah, totally. Um, thanks again for having me on. I mean, it has um, it's been great to watch you guys uh, grow as a, as a podcast and um, always great to be um, your guys' friends. Um state of my game uh it's it's been pretty good recently you know i'm technically right now i think a 7.6 and trending downward um which um you know i I went through a swing change swing change over uh winter break and uh finally upgraded my 15 year old set um got a new driver new irons three four days ago just got a new uh, uh driving iron and uh about to put in a new three wood in the bag so you know getting used to new clubs with a swing change you know i was not playing well i was you know up in the 80s sometimes 90s uh, but now you know occasionally you know breaking 80 and um, enjoying every bit of it but you know it's it, it's it's funny golf is that one sport where you stop playing for two weeks which i did and you feel like you've lost it all um and to get better at all you have to you know play non-stop for two weeks so it, you, you lose it really quickly and it's really hard to get better at it so i'm i'm there right now where i'm just trying not to lose any of it and just keep building on this you know progression 
Yeah, well, the big thing for you is to to put to give people an idea. Uh, Hussy is what my dad called, I think, a BSMF. You know, a ball striking motherfucker. Like when Hussy just when oh stop stop it over there. Like I mean, he's the kind of guy who swings and everyone kind of goes whoa. Uh, but I'm also good enough frenzy to say you've putted like shit the whole time I've ever <laughs> I've ever I've ever this met you. True. But but that's the big thing. You switched to left hand low, and uh, you've been putting a lot better, man. Yeah, left hand low. Uh, I, I played in the uh, the NCGA Public Links Championship, and um, and I just realized my putting was was just god awful, and you know Ashton has rightfully pointed out multiple times that I'm stabbing at the ball. Jack too, producer Jack has said uh, I stab at the ball and I have no flow, no tempo when I'm putting, which is ironic because my swing usually has some pretty good tempo. Um, so I decided to go left hand low, get a little Jordan Spieth action with the little, little press forward and I'm putting a lot better than I have, I, I think, put in my life. Like I, I, I'm actually excited to you know, put anything inside 10 feet because I think it's going to go in. I'm just lucky. That's huge. I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Some confidence. That's also, uh, I, I want the listeners to also know we now have both Chris's on record calling themselves Jordan Spieth. So just yeah. going just, yes. just to put, put that out there. hundred percent. Okay. With that. Yeah. Although your, yours is a better flex because yours is his putting. Chris's is like other Chris is like, you know, scrambling his ass off, which is cool. But you know, you're just like, you know, just, just pouring in 10 footers. It sounds like. Sounds like, but not always happening. <laughs> Sounds like. But also for some context for listeners, I think one thing that we've talked a, lo- a lot about that I think has been helpful for us, um, and this is turning into like a, a, a coaching podcast, but we both, uh, Maverick McNeely on the Knowing Up podcast talked about strikes. And he talks about how he tries to have one or less in a round. So his for him, he says strikes are penalty strokes, uh, two chips, which he considers missing the green from 50 yards and in, and three putts. And I think the reason I bring that up, Hussie, in relative to your putting, is when we played at um, Spanos, you shot, I think, 78? 77. 77 with, I think, five or six three putts. So I don't actually know about your two chips and your uh, and your penalty strokes. But based off of that, I mean, if you had just, you know, we've talked about strokes gained. Like, it's not necessarily perfect. But if you had just two putted, you know, you could have easily, you could, well, not easily, but you, you theoretically could have been in the ballpark of par or under par. So it's just cool to kind of see it putt more confidently because I've watched you, you know, hit two great shots and then kind of get up there and just go, what was that? So you you. I think the way you put it is trending down is a good way to put it. Yeah, no, thanks. And, and exactly what you're saying. It was after that round at Spanos and then the, uh, the the two rounds at the NCGA Public Links, I just realized that it was it was putting that was really bringing me down. And, um, you know, the other thing that you, know, you just touched on, something that you and I are both trying to do is is commit. I mean, that, that word commitment yeah, is, is huge, especially when you're when you're playing golf and you know, I, growing up as a, you know in high school and even middle school, just trying to play golf and just getting angry at things not going well. Um, you know, I would lose my temper and just stop playing the game. You know, because I wasn't having fun. But you know, I think a combination of a finding a good group of friends and then b having that mindset of just hey, commit to the shot. If it doesn't go, 
you know, if it doesn't do exactly what you wanted it to do, that's okay. As long as you committed to it, because you're not going to be able to swing perfect every single time. So, um, I yeah. think we have, I think we have to thank your dad for that. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Cause I mean, I remember to me, even though, uh, Rams Hill left, uh, us a little bit lacking. I mean, that was the day for us. I think we both broke 80 cause what we were doing, um, is basically like we get up over it. Cause it all started. We're like, you know, I, I was like, just ask, I was like, what are you doing? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to hit a nine iron. It was just like, so, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, wait, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you're standing over the ball and it's like, you can't actually tell me what you're doing. And so it was a lot of like, I'm going to hit a nine iron. Think, you know, these are the reasons why, and I'm going to do it. I'm committed to it. And we're not being results oriented. And I think that's to your point mentally helped a lot because there's been a lot of times and I'll just go, you know what? Like I'm over the green or something's happened and. Or even on, 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 on Sunday at Wind Day, there was a putt where I missed it. And you said, were you committed? I said, yeah, no, I thought that was the line. Yeah. And it's cool, man. Like, you know, I think it was like a four-foot birdie putt that, that looked like it was going to break three cups. And it turns out it didn't. But everything would have made you think so. And you can't get mad at those. And you just get up there and, and pick your line because you're certainly not going to make it by guessing or, or doing anything else for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I want to say that one of the nice parts about being friends with Hussey that he was mentioning his new long iron is you get these wonderful texts and then we'll move on to um, the kind of the courses. But I was asking him about his long iron and I got a text that said, dude, fucking wild. I'm hitting this thing like a long iron and just not connecting. It's like mega fade, mega fade, snap hook, 50 yards. I'm like WTF. I'm already thinking of how to post this thing on Golf WRX or Golf Works. I don't know how you actually pronounce it. Put it back in the bag, pull out the hybrid, and I'm striping it. Fuck. Pull the driving iron out again. I'm like, why don't I hit this thing like a three wood and sweep it nice and easy? Boom. Striped. Striped and long and high. Oh, shit. Again. Again. Straight and long. It must have looked like a crazy person. Well, I am. Smiling like hell. and Surprised as shit. It's joining the bag and it will join us tomorrow. Wow. But I have no clue how far this thing goes. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so those are the kinds of things. I was on a hike on Saturday and my, you know, Liz was like, what's, what's what? And I was like, well, it's like we're in a fucking therapy session here. But that's also, you know, again, I've joked with Chris, this podcast is basically our golf sicko public you know, therapy session, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely an emotional roller coaster, and sometimes you just gotta you just gotta write a little novella about uh, what just happened. So, I appreciate yeah. you being my uh, uh, my listening ear. There you go. So, Chris, take me to Metropolitan Golf Links. Where is it? Give me kind of the Reader's Digest as we dive in. Yeah, if anyone has ever flown into Oakland International Airport. There are two courses that you'll see right outside as you're landing or taking off. There's Monarch Bay and then there's uh, Metropolitan Golf Links. Um, so it's in this weird area tucked next to Oakland Airport, uh, San Leandro's sewage waste treatment area, and just like a horrible industrial park. Um, but it's one of the coolest golf courses that I've ever been to. Um, and I think it's because it's, it's kind of like our only real true link style golf course in, in the Bay area. Now I know I, there's some other ones that I think I just haven't played, but to me, um, when it comes to value, when it comes to scenery, because I love airplanes like a lot, uh, I, I don't think anything can really beat it. And, uh, you know, this was the second time that I had played there first time. 
it was windy, it was cold, it was a little wet, and I just did not have a good time. Um, I actually kind of did not like the course and thought it was really difficult. But um, when we played, it was gentle breeze coming out of the northwest, and uh, it was warm out, you know, t-shirt, shorts the whole time. And, uh, you know, I think I was on track to shoot my lowest round um, ever, and... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a course that with the wind it's incredibly difficult, and without the wind it's actually not too bad. Which maybe is the definition of a links course, right? So. Yeah, for sure. No, with this obviously this pot is about Karika, but you feel like it's more kind of authentically links or you know links adjacent than even Karika. I mean, hmm, that's a good question. I think. Karika, in my mind, it's always been told, I've always been told that it's this Australian sandbelt style links course, which if you ask me what the difference between a sandbelt style links course and a regular Scottish links course, I really couldn't tell you other than maybe the bunkers are not as potty. Um, would I prefer to play Karika over Metro? Now that's a, that's a tough question because, um, I really enjoyed my time out there at Metro. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is as we kind of dive into to value, uh, I mean, Karika, well, well, one thing to kind of update people on, this is not about Karika Park, but I know, Hussey, you played out there, you said conditions are, are kind of tough right now. So the other thing that ties into it is value. Karika, when I played it, I think with you last uh, fall was, was wonderful and not expensive, but not cheap. I think it was in the 80-ish dollar range, but felt, super worth it because just excellent conditioning uh metro is definitely in better shape than Creek is now is in worse shape than Creek was then but is much 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 more affordable does that make sense yeah. i know i just sort of like did a weird that, uh, uh, side by me, side that 100 percent makes sense the greens at Creek right now currently I, I played there i think two or three weeks ago are not as good as they were last year this time and it, it's most likely because of a perhaps the drought in California, and b that they're focused. There's literally no water. People <laughs> don't know. Yeah, and 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 b that they're focusing all their efforts on the north course, uh, which uh, yeah. the the front nine, my understanding, is opening up uh, this month in August. Uh, so yeah. pretty exciting. Um, but Metro, for for what it's worth, literally, the greens, the uh, the grounds. Uh, the tee boxes were, they were all in, in pretty good shape. Um, yeah. I, I really have no complaints other than, uh, other than the greens just being a little slow despite yeah. on their website saying that they try to make it always firm and fast year round. Yeah. Well, the weirdest part was the course was actually pretty wet that day. Like I know that on number two, I went to hit my wedge in and had like a, I chunked, I just chunked it because it was just like, it was sopping wet underneath the ground. But, but yeah, so let's dive into rate. I mean, I know that we, Hussey, um, I think we played at 5.08 on Thursday and it was 22 bucks, which I mean, I know we didn't finish, but I, 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 I cannot say anything about a $22 rate. That's, that's excellent. I think we could have finished too if, if, if. Uh, some people ahead of us were a little quicker and uh, yeah. like 22 bucks yeah you really I, I'm trying to think if there's if there's any other place that I've played where the twilight rate is cheaper than 22 um, I think Blue Rock Springs in Vallejo might be 17 but I mean 
there, there's no chance that Blue Rock stands up to Metro. I mean, it's just a much better course at Metro. Uh, so yeah, and I think, if we had gotten in earlier, because I, I don't, I think uh, Twilight starts even a little earlier. I think like you can go out there at if you try to get the first t- the first tea time at Twilight and almost certainly finish. And do you want to tell everyone what we actually paid? Yeah, well, we actually paid eleven each. Because uh, big shout out to NorCal Golf Guys, they they give us when we join. She's going to be a lot of a NorCal golf guys because we played with them um, at Wente. But they have a buy one, get one. Um, and so we ended up paying $11. I think we got uh, a small bucket of balls to warm up. So I think it was $14 a piece out the door for a small bucket of balls to warm up and uh, and 14 holes. On a course that, like, forget the price. We, we, like, agnostic of price, we thoroughly enjoyed the course. But it definitely made it a bit sweeter to pay $14, that's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I don't know if you recall, but some of the tea boxes were closed. Some of the blue boxes that we were playing from, they, they moved mm-hmm. up, um, you know, a couple tea boxes. But I think that maybe happened on two or maybe three or four holes. So um, other than that, I mean, yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. So, yeah, so we talked about conditions. So greens, good, true, a little bit slow, but... I mean, again, it's a public golf course, and so, I mean, that's going to be their default setting, right? Yeah, well, I have to, I, after our round, I went on the Metro uh, website and emailed a Mr. Gary Ingram, the director of agronomy at, uh, at Metro, and simply asked him, you know, or let him know that we had a great time out there and that um, we were just a little... We were just wondering if perhaps the greens could be sped up, and uh, I haven't heard back, unfortunately. But when I do get a response, I will definitely let you, the you and the municipals, know, uh, because that was the one knock. Because you know, all links courses should be fast, especially on the greens. But yeah, no. What we'll do is when you get a response from the greenskeeper, we'll throw that up on the the Instagram so people can see. But oh no, not yeah. the greenskeeper, the director of agronomy. Very different. That's true. That's quite the yes. Man, we need to have we need to have him on. And do you know but... what CGCS means? CGCS. I don't know. Um, that was like that's like his. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look this up at some point. CGCS. Do you think he knows what it is? No, I think it's 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 definitely like you know a lawyer will put I, I don't know. No, I, I I know I know I'm just I'm oh, just being a dick. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, no. I'm not catching on to this. Chris Hussey, MBA, PhD, doctor. Yes. You know. Definitely. Not me. <laughs> okay. Onwards. Yes. So condition. So greens good. Could have been faster. Um, Fairways were good for the most part, again, to be mindful. I don't know where this water was coming from, but there were some kind of wet spots you have to, had to navigate around. Um, a couple tee boxes, as you said, that were closed. Uh, but overall, again, for the conditions, uh, for the price, very good. Hussey, you've been here longer than me. Um, one thing we like to talk about is condition for the area. So I don't, I'm not trying to say like Oakland golf necessarily, but I feel like you've got a good read on kind of golf in the East Bay, kind of golf, or like you're close enough in Walnut Creek to kind of know. Um, do you feel like obviously that value stands up either way or, you know, like 
do you feel like Metro is all a good, a very good relative to the area, or do you feel like actually that area that greens fees tend to be a little bit cheaper, anyways? Well, I, I think you have to take it in, like you're saying, the context of the area. But I, I think for one way to look at it is uh, the Cal golf team. That is their home course. That is where they practice. And I don't know if they're doing that simply because they got a good rate or because it's a very difficult course, but let's, I would think they wouldn't practice on a course that was in a very bad condition. Now, maybe they are the type of incredibly smart school, uh, which uh, go bears, um, that they are, they want to play on a course that's slightly harder in the sense that um, you know, it's like it's like people who play at Lincoln are actually really, really good golfers because they know how to play from a bunch of different lies. Shout out to Juan. You know, it's like you can you can hit it off any type of lie in a divot. You know, dead spots, uh, no problem. And I wonder if if that's part of the idea. So I don't. I wouldn't say it's the best conditioned golf course in the area for value. Um, you know, there are other places, uh, you know, I think out here in, in Walnut Creek, my home course is Boundary Oak. I think it's in slightly better condition and it's faster, but it's also 100 degrees out here during most of the day. So uh, I don't I don't know if I've played enough to really be a be able to comment on it too much, but um, I'm definitely yeah. going to go back. Yeah, and I think a lot of listeners are probably yelling at their phones right now, going like, "Dude, it's it's twenty two bucks a Twilight. Like, it doesn't matter. Like at that price, like, yeah, know, totally. Like it's just it's twenty two bucks, and I don't think anybody, regardless of of anything, is gonna is gonna yell about that. And the other thing is, you mentioned too, Hussey, which to really impress on people, um, you mentioned the planes. I mean, you legitimately have planes feeling like they're going to land on top of your head which to your point is cool a lot of smaller planes i don't know if they're private i'm not sure but like there's some you know big commercial planes but some smaller ones too that are right there also it feels like you're getting a view of uh san francisco so the city uh most of the time like you can kind of see the city and you kind of see the fog rolling in and ironically for me living in the city i was wearing shorts and a t-shirt most say in oakland and i was like man i'm gonna cross the bridge and freeze my ass off when i'm walking my clubs in. and sure enough that's what happened so i think that of course the course is super cool but to have the context of the plains and the city um you know pound for pound just such kind of a, a one of the coolest settings i think there is to play golf unless you're the person who's like why is there an airfield there it's like well some of the you know best golf courses are, are quirky in that way so chris tell me a little about the layout we've talked a lot about you know yes it is, it is link style i think people know what that means but what did you kind of notice on the routing or layout uh, of metro it's it's for the most part it's fairly you know green to t distance is short there are a few holes though um i'm thinking off the top of my head hole number six which is uh long par five after a par three you have to cross over another holes tee box you have to cross over hole two to get to the sixth tee box and then um going from six to seven which is seven is another par three technically if you were following the law you are not allowed to enter an environmentally sensitive area i.e. a hazard with a green tip on the top. Do people follow the law all the time? 
I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Yes. <laughs> Did we walk through the ESA? No comment. Yeah. No. Yeah. Who's to say? I. We can neither confirm nor deny. Um, I think we will neither confirm nor deny. We, will, we could. We we're could, not. We're not going. We're to. not going to confirm nor deny. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, the walk to from nine to ten is long, but what course does have it? short walk from nine to ten um yeah other than that i think it's 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 a great layout it's it's difficult uh but it's wide open i mean it's a link style course so you can bomb driver and you can usually find it um there are some native grasses that have you know been introduced or were planted there on purpose that can kind of grab your ball and hide it and there is some hazard there are some forced carries but for the most part um it's 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 fairly you know if you know i was one over after 14 holes like i think that means it's somewhat of an easier course like i don't think i'm doing that at a at a much harder course so um yeah that's very very modest of you you're also golfing your ball that day but thank you i i hear you i think it i think those kind of courses i was just talking to you know this this will come out in the future but I was talking to our, our buddy Nick down in San Diego, and he was comparing two courses, you know, Balboa, where basically you have to, to use my, my favorite term that I think Tron used, drive it up a gnat's ass, which is a, a really weird way of saying you have to, like, hit it straight. Um, you know, and then there's a course called Admiral Baker that he loves where you can kind of hit it anywhere. And I think a thing that we should talk more about is playability right i mean there's definitely times i guess for those kind of super tight layouts i mean that's really not how i like to play golf also selfishly i hit it a long way and my dispersion patterns can be pretty far so it's like it definitely advantageous for me but i know i think to your point i think it's um it's a course that you can go get and I think it's a course where you can kind of hit it, not anywhere, but I think that, you know, if you're driving it within kind of your dispersion patterns and you're a good enough golfer, you can definitely go get it. Um, with that in mind, Chris, I mean, I know we you've played there before. But I know we played 14 holes. Uh, do you have a favorite hole or did kind of a specific hole really stand out to you? I'm going to... Uh... caught me a little off guard with this i'm gonna have to think about it for a second okay i'll dive in and say mine while you chew yeah go ahead um i'm gonna go 10 despite the fact that i blew it in the water so 10 is a a long pretty demanding par five um i had a good drive there and then it's kind of a classic risk reward because there's a a pond uh with a lot of kind of like reeds and I, i mentioned the reeds because you can't really see the green. You can see some of the green. It's not a very comfortable shot. I mean, I had a really good drive, and I think I had 240 to clear the the green, and probably shouldn't have gone for it. But like, I didn't. I knew we weren't gonna finish. It's like whatever, you know. I had a free wood right in the middle of the water, um, but a really interesting green, kind of sloping, uh, kind of a big ridge in the middle. I know Chris hit his ball on the other side of the ridge and had kind of a, a great two putt, almost made the first putt. Um, but I really love those holes, which it's like, hey, um, you know, you can definitely make birdie a couple different ways and you can do it. But I mean, for you to get on that green into is going to demand two excellent shots and then give you a gigantic safety net, right? I mean, you can 
hit a good drive or a bad drive. Drive doesn't really matter. Your next shot, you can hit a seven iron and a wedge, and you know. But then again, it's it, there's the, the water and kind of the way the hole is built. If you kind of go over there, like for me as a lefty, if I go over there and kind of give up on a wedge, not commit to it, I'm gonna hit my fucking wedge in the water too. So I think it's definitely a hole where you're happy to walk off a five, uh, or you can do it the way I did it, where I hit driver three foot in the water and then got up and down and made like a twenty footer down the hill. But I really like those holes because also, too, with the reeds and the sunset and the water, it's also just like a really scenic hole, but not scenic where it's like, here's a fucking man-made pond in the middle of a retirement yeah. community. Yeah. It's 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 a very kind of this this the water felt like it was supposed to be there. Um, and again, like you walk off with five and feel good, uh, but really kind of demanded a couple good shots to get on the green and make a good score. Yeah. So 10 really stood out to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice double dogleg in a way like that's how it's routed. You know, it's right, and then it's left with the water, and you can cut all of those corners, um, but it's a very long way. Now, imagine that hole, but the wind, you're just playing dead in the wind. I mean, it that wind completely changes that hole, and that's what, I, what I'd noticed in, in this round was this course is so much easier when there's no wind, which is why... I, like I said, that's that's probably why Cal plays there because you really have to learn how to hit a variety of shots depending on what the wind is doing that day. And uh, my favorite hole, though, I think I think it's gonna have to be eight, which is that very narrow, very narrow par four. It's kind of boring, but you know, I I I fade the ball naturally, and it doesn't really set up well for that. And um, I think it just challenges you to, to, to really think strategically off the tee. Like, you can... What's nice about that hole is it's wide open in the front of the green. So you could just run up a long iron, just lay up... I mean, just hit a long iron off the tee and then hit another long iron out of the green, and you can definitely make par. But if you hit driver or three-wood, which our buddy Dash, um, unfortunately, and, and Dash... I've never seen you play that bad. Don't worry, man. It's over. Like, you're going to be just fine. Uh, he was like, he blew it right into the hazard or he found it and hit a it was tree. like behind a tree yeah. and then chunked it. And it was yeah. Short. It was, yeah, I felt bad. It was, it was a bit of a bloodbath hole. Yeah. But, um, well, dude, when you shoot one over par, you're allowed to take people's money. Yeah. And, you know, we all signed up prior. Prior. It wasn't like a. Hey, first hole we're doing, we're doing skins, uh, but uh, yeah, I think number eight I think is a really good test because you can if you just go up there and grab your driver without thinking about it you can really lose lose some strokes. Yeah, and I know in that hole I hit my uh, my two hybrid that I'll call my three wood. I hit it about two sixty, and it was all the way in the rough. I mean, very honestly, you probably want to hit it more like. 245 to be safe um so to your point like i mean i would go so far to say is unless you hit the perfect shot shape or for me a cut for you a draw with driver there's, well, let's there's just no say that, like there's no reason yeah. to hit driver yeah there's i mean i i hit i hit three wood gap wedge yeah like there's no reason yeah, you could to hit do that six iron you could hit six iron six iron and be just fine but yeah and the other thing to note too that I did like a lot was 
uh, not blind tee shots, but just like the way trees, the way holes were designed around trees definitely just made you feel a bit fidgety. Like on that one, the tree on the left, like really isn't in play, but it makes you feel like you need to go further right, which brings kind of the hazard into play. And then number nine is the same where, you know, I was trying to get your read on start line and you actually said you're like, dude, over that tree is so much room. But like, I could tell my body was like, my body wanted to hit it right on nine, even though like, you know, allegedly there was room over the tree. So I think Metro does a good job where again, it's link style. There's not a lot of trees, but it's thoughtful trees, which is what we hope for. You know, it's like trees which are going to make you feel, even if there's not there, even if you know it's okay. Uh, it's trees which kind of make you make you feel something, or, or kind of make you second guess, or make your body react. Um, and that's just good golf architecture, I yeah. think. When speaking of golf architecture, so uh, it's a Johnny Miller, Fred Bliss design. Apparently, there was a golf course on that property prior to them actually quote designing it. Um, my understanding is they just took the old golf course, packed like tons of sand on top, and then re just did the whole course, renovated the whole thing. Um, I, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. I, I was always under the impression that Johnny Miller design courses are just there to like make you want to die. Uh, if anyone has played the bridges in San Ramon, you know what I mean. I played there once. I played kind of well. I, I lost money to Dash. That's when Dash was playing really well. Um, Again, it's a it's a therapy session. Yes, thank you. Um, but I think he simply took, you know, the wind and was like, "This course is always in the wind, so it doesn't need to be that hard naturally." I don't know. I, I think I think overall, I really like the course. I'm definitely gonna go play there again. $22, Twilight, ah, can't beat it. Traffic, getting getting there with traffic was a little tough for me, but I'll get over it. Yeah, and then I think the last thing to highlight is pace of play. Um, to your point, or like early on was a bit tough, which I'm not really going to blame the people ahead of us because I've said this a bunch. I think one of the things that's challenging, it's really on the pro shop, is to establish more of like a, a natural flow of the golf course because they let out a single right in front of us, which I'm all about it. But like that single was like we caught up to the single on the second tee box and we're waiting on the second tee box. I think eventually he went ahead, but you know, it's kind of like I, I just think that that's more on the pro shop, but it wasn't that bad. And then, of course, on the back nine, it turned out to be great because we were, I think, the only people who were going to try to sneak in more holes. And we kind of blew through the back nine. So, you know, I think we'll, you know, we can have a follow-up conversation at some point as you go back out there, talk about the last four holes, if there's anything notable. Uh, also talk more about kind of what it's like on the weekend. But, yeah. And then I think the last thing to call, we don't really talk about this normally, but I personally think a really cool logo, uh, their logo is like, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but like it's almost like a cityscape in Friends font to me. Like it's a little cartoony. Yeah. It's like a little bit like 90s to me or I think 90s, 2000s. I don't know. Um, but I kind of like it. There's, I, mean, I, 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 got, I kind of been looking at it and I was like, I wouldn't mind that in a beanie. Yeah. Like, and then in Metropolitan, like it's, it's almost like a course that you play on like Tiger Woods, right? It's like Metropolitan yeah. with like a, like a 
friend's cityscape. It's like, what? And then you got there, and it's like, well, this is like a real golf course. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's the Oakland cityscape, and then it kind of has, like, this Art Deco kind of Gotham City-like font. It's just, it's cool. It's, yeah, I never even thought about that until you mentioned it. Um, but then the funny thing is, I, you just pointed out it's Oakland, but in my mind, I was thinking it was SF simply because you can see the SF skyline yeah. the entire time. Yeah. But you're right, it's in Oakland. So there's kind of a weird juxtaposition there. But I always love, you know, it's tough on our, on our uh, I was about to say pocketbooks, but we're not in, you know, 1930 anymore. Mm, pocketbooks. Uh, yeah. but, but it's tough when you see something, you, know, you go to a course and it's like, you know, like when we went to Bandon, it's like you walk in and you see all the sheep ranch stuff and it's like, must only buy one item like you see something and you're like okay like i need that on something that i own and i kind of regretted not buying a metropolitan beanie and i saw they were 19 bucks so like you're, again great love that let's go like, back it's not gonna, we're, we're definitely gonna yeah. go back and, and speaking of the pro shop and, and 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 you know swag for sale um their amenities uh it was the weirdest thing Ash and I are literally waiting in line to pay, and there's like a golf bag next to us in the pro shop. Two golf bags, actually. And there's maybe a dozen brand new Scotty Cameron putters, like three different styles of putters, all Scotty Cameron, un- unwrapped, and just sitting there. Normally, you go to like a Golf Mart or a Golf Galaxy or one of those big golf stores. Those those putters are like locked up. Um you can't touch them unless you ask someone. They're just sitting there. And we were joking, like, do you think we could just take one? Like, can we just rent it? Can we just play with it? Yeah. It was, it was very strange that they were unwrapped. Because, I mean, I was also worried about like, them clinking together and like, getting dinged. But, but we should give a shout-out to the, the nice gentleman who, one, gave us the update that Russell Westbrook is going to the Lakers. <laughs> who, I mean... I'm a fake Hawks fan, so I couldn't care less. But I will say the one homie move is on the NorCal golf guys thing. It said they had to include a cart fee. He didn't do that. Yeah. So big shout out to the guy in the pro shop for. Uh, I think he called you the. So for context, his name is Christopher Hussey. They call you. They call this the the Hussey foursome. But hey, he didn't charge us for the cart fee. So shout out to I'll that get, guy. I'll get over it. Yeah. So Chris, speaking of a cart fee. Let's talk about Wente Vineyards. I've, I've, I've been thinking about this since we left, and like this is a therapy session. Like, tell, give me again, give me the thesis yeah. statement, set the stage for for Wente Vineyards. Wente Vineyards. Uh, it is in Livermore, California, which is about an hour, you know, southeast of uh, of San Francisco. It's uh, in the Livermore Valley wine area, wine country, if you will. If um, I'm not going to say anything that will get... Do it. Okay. Do it. Hussey does wine for a living. And I just said does wine. That I, probably I, do, offends you. I do wine. Uh, I'm based in, in the Napa area. So, uh, yeah, Livermore makes wine. And then um, (laughs) they have a golf course that is designed by Greg Norman. Uh, They basically had this giant piece of property where you probably shouldn't put a golf course, but giant piece of property, uh, rolling hills, large cliffs. um, You know, it's really nice drive getting there and, and you show up and it's basically 
like a very nice resort course with very nice golf carts with two coolers full of ice free water and um a gps system that ashton will uh tell you about well i was gonna say i don't know about i mean i guess nice golf carts but the gps systems were were really bad so let's see just the stuff that i can remember uh four to five times throughout the day it made this really loud noise out of the blue telling us that our carts had to be in at, be in at 8 p.m and to be clear we teed off at 10 10 so i don't know in what world that would have been a problem uh it showed us this helpful guide on how to fitch, fix pitch marks which i want to give a shout out for you know reminding people but the thing just kept dinging and, and making stuff it also told us we were behind pace when we weren't i, I don't know I mean, normally those things are, are really cool and helpful. And I will say, I mean, it was helpful to have the distances because going into this, we should make a couple stipulations. Yep. We were playing in a competitive event with NorCal Golf Guys. Shout out uh, to Travis and Odie. I mean, just two wonderful guys. We kind of knew of them, had never met them, but they kind of put on all these tournaments all over Northern California, Seattle, and Portland. Uh, just two super nice guys who clearly love golf. Absolute gentlemen and look, yeah. looking forward to playing with them in the future, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just wonderful. So we were playing this event. I think there's two things that I've been thinking about that made it tough to assess on this day. One, we both played really bad. And I think that knowing up has said before, it's tough to kind of give a course review and you just don't have it. And neither one of us really had it. So that's one. The other thing, too, is we call Scummy. Uh, you know, we both play with uh, Slope on our yardage finders like everybody else. And man, if there is a course where you want slope adjustment, it, it's this one. And so not having the right distances, plus it being warm, plus it being windy, for me being a little bit nervous playing in a competitive event also playing with the two guys who are like two of the co-founders of this entire group it was just kind of this perfect storm i don't know if that's why i played bad also maybe i suck um but i think that that's important context because i don't want to light this place on fire i think those are all important things but i definitely have some opinions that i kind of want to unpack with you there's some people who played in the event too where i was like hey am i crazy and i think they feel similarly but i think those are some important caveats going in because this wasn't me and hussy drinking beers you know hidden shots like there was some caveats that are very abnormal for how we usually play golf is that fair hussy 100 percent. i mean it's it was definitely getting on the first tee, just being like, okay, uh, yeah, this is kind of a tournament. Like, uh, first of all, we went in thinking we were going to do really well, which, you know, granted, we did do pretty well. Um, I think we left a lot of things out there, a lot of just stupid mistakes. But I think what it came down to was really not knowing the course and not, not having a feel for the greens which we could talk about in a second um but yeah it's just there was just something off and i I, i'll say it's because it's a team event too you know you and i've never played together competitively so to speak we've never had a best ball type of thing um you know when you're trying to figure out what the slope is you know i'll i'll hit a seven iron be like no this is much you know much more slope yeah, it's further downhill than that and you know there goes your one ball so it's like um yeah it was just it was difficult when you when you don't really know the course 
Yeah, it's a fair point. So let's dive in and kind of go down our, our usual rundown. So first of all is rate. Uh, at least for me, I think this is where we kind of get off the rails really early here. Um, Wente on a if you pull up on a Saturday at 10 a.m., you're paying $170 at Wente, which is you know, we talk about value for the area or anything. I mean, $170 is a lot of money, oh, yeah. period, regardless of anywhere. Um, yep, I just so pulled I mean, it up. $169. Yeah. Twi- is that including it? I don't know. Is that a car? I, I, is that including I, the I think car? It, I think it has, has to. Because uh, we should also say, like, we're both like mega walkers. You cannot walk this course. Can't do it. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's not an option. There's there's literally up from hole nine to hole ten, you go up a cliff on a street that they've named Lombard Street for those Bay Area yeah. locals who know. Lombard Street is is, is the zigzag street in, in in San Francisco that you go down. This one you go up and it's even more dramatic than the actual Lombard Street. So yeah, you don't really want to walk this course. Uh, no. And, and I, I don't know. It's one of those where I actually don't know if, if they'll let you. It's like I told you the story when we played the judge in Alabama and we walked in to play nine holes on our first day there. And we're like, hey, like, what's the walking rate? And the lady goes, uh, I have no idea. I got to go ask the manager. <laughs> if they don't know the walking rate and they work there, like you should probably not do yeah. it. And sure enough, we like shouldn't have done that. So, yeah, so 169 bucks. Again, make, got to make the caveat. Huge shout out again to NorCal Golf Guys. We paid 119 yep. So it's one of the reasons we wanted to play is we wanted to play there for a little bit less so we did not pay that full freight price i know there's different pricing at twilight but just to know if you're going to go there on a saturday and say i want to play wente you're looking at 169 bucks so i think i mean that's all we got to say for value it's it's not a value ashton twilight uh on a weekend there is 99 dollars i mean it's yeah it's 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 it's, it's the one reason why i had had not played that course i was thinking about okay maybe i can go out on a on a Wednesday at twilight and I looked it up it was it was $89 I'm like that's just yeah it's just not worth it so uh, having this and that's probably their cheapest offering right is, like yeah, I th- week, weekday twilight so it's between 89 and 169 yeah I mean maybe when they punch greens they, they lower the rates a little bit more but I would um, hope so yeah that was that was the biggest reason why I signed up for this also I thought Ash and, and I could, could win it but um, you know we'll live to fight another day yeah, to be clear, he didn't want to hang out with me. He wanted that was not in the calculus, but yeah, that's all good. Um, so conditions, uh, I, I don't know exactly how to talk about this because we got to give people more context. So the vineyards are OB, which is unbelievably penal. Uh, like Chardonnay, we've talked about in the past. We did a whole go back, we've done a whole review on Chardonnay. Uh, the vineyards are red stakes, which, you know, it's like, oh, it's still penal. It's like, yeah, but dropping where the ball goes into the vineyard is a lot different from reteeing. Um, or so I or think that that's stroke, one part. Or two stroke, you know, into the fairway. Rule E5. Yeah. And then we also, there was the dirt areas past the rough they didn't want you hitting off of for a fire for being worried about starting a fire so you would actually get to your point get to drop in the fairway 
So, I mean, there's just a lot of weird caveats where, like, how was the fairway? How was the rough? Like, fine. Like, I thought the conditions were good there. But it's these caveats of, like, you're going to be dropping, you're going to be hitting it in the rough and dropping it or hitting it in a dirt spot and dropping it or hitting it in the vineyard and going and getting it and then reteeing. So it's not like a normal golf course in that perspective. And I'm not going to lie. I thought the greens were fine. Um, they weren't $170 greens to me. Um, I mean, I, I played, uh, the, you know, again, I made the caveat that I didn't pay that price, but I went down to Bayonet and Bayonet is a $170 course. If you just roll up, Bayonet's greens are so much better than, 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 than Winte's by a mile. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, like, like the, I mean, there's really nothing about the conditions. I mean, that stood out to me. I mean, when you stand at the top of the hill or sorry, when you drive up the switchbacks and get the view of everything, you get some incredible pictures. Yeah. Like the, like the, the green against the brown against the vineyards looks incredible, but I wouldn't say there's anything about the conditions where it's like, dude, it's super pure. Right, Chris? Or, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of a very normal it's, conditioned golf course. I mean, it's very green for the area. You know, when they're charging that money, they, they're obviously using a lot of water, and they, and, and they are. Um, you know, I think the, the rough was actually quite lush and, and quite rough-like. Um, you know, it actually held balls that should have rolled even further into a canyon, for example, in, in my case. Um, you know, I, I think conditions-wise, they they have some really good aspects to that course tee boxes were great except like one or two random tee boxes were just absolute dog shit i think uh i can't remember exactly which one it was but um greens were i'll say the same thing you said fine uh a little inconsistent you know um you know maybe we're just not that good and you know, can't read greens properly, but they just felt like some holes they were rolling really fast and other holes they weren't. There was, you know, damage on some some parts of the greens that should not have had a, a pin placement where there's, you know, burnt out areas on the green that you're after having to putt through. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe we're just cheapskates. I, I, I don't know. No, I, I mean, the way that I think about it, and we'll dive more into the specifics here, but I, I through talking about it with my dad, I, I think I just have realized that we're not the right, there is a market for Wente. We are just not the golfers to appreciate Wente. Yeah. It's like Chris has talked about in the past. There's some people, I've never met these people, but there's some people who won't, Chris has told me this, granted, Chris also tells me, you know, that he worked at a hot dog stand, so I don't know. But he said that there's people who like won't play golf unless they can ride, right? Like I've never met those people. That's not me. Like in fact, I get pissed when the only the, the only my only gripe with Presidio, right, is on the weekend they make me pay for a car fee that I don't want. Yeah. I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. If you're someone who wants to get in a luxury golf cart and pull into a place that like looks like a country club when you pull in, where there is a pull off for a you know lim, it literally says limousines and buses to go have a wine tasting yeah. and have like a beautiful back porch area and take some pictures and all your friends are going to go holy shit where is and, that and never touch your golf it's bag great. right they got bag boys everywhere yeah i mean it just it, it feels like a resort slash kind of country club i think that winte i'd go ahead and say it like that is i'm not saying it's a bad golf course i'm just saying like for me 
uh, we'll make a weird analogy. I like seafood, I don't really like steak, right? Like, if you take me to the nicest steakhouse in the world, I'm gonna go, yeah, cool, like bone and ribeye, like, it's fine. It's just, it's just not what I wanna eat, you know, I'll eat it. I, you made me a great, you, the only steak I've had recently is, you've made me a great, great steak recently but i think does that make sense chris i think that like i don't i think that someone who wants to be taken care of who wants to take some great pictures and who like isn't going to be the person who's like who's going to fucking email the director of agronomy afterwards i think they'd be really really happy here i just think that we're not their target consumer you know what i mean 100 percent. i mean we we definitely are not their target consumer um and there is a segment of the golf world that is going to love that course like a lot like they 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 just really like going there and being treated really well which totally fine um you know after after uh, our round you know sitting with Odie and, and travis you know we're talking about the course and there's just something about Odie said it i'll give him credit he said there's something weird when you're playing golf and you're riding in a cart the flow is just all off like you you don't get into this rhythm when you're that that is that helps you play golf really well like if you're just rushing to the next ball rushing 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 helping someone else find their ball but you're driving around you just there's just no way that you get into the groove of playing golf. You're just trying to get through the holes really fast. There's just something off. And I don't know how to explain it, obviously. Um, but I think he's right. There's a flow to walking that makes golf much more enjoyable. And I think actually makes you play better. Yeah. No, that that's something that Nick talks about all the time because he, he talks a lot about, first of all, I know we were in the same boat here. There's just something about walking. Um, I, I find it to be like, it's like I'm decompressing, you know, like I feel like that I can relax in a way that to your point when I'm just like flying along a fairway to my next shot. It's like I get to my ball and you're telling me distance and I'm like, I'm not really ready to hit this yet. Like I just hit my tee shot. Um, but again, but like, that's not us. I mean, there's plenty of people out there who are like, y'all are crazy. Like, I want to have cold drinks. I want to load up my car with beers. I don't want to have to schlep this thing around. And oh yeah, I want some like incredible views. And that is Wente down to a T. Um, and I think that we've talked about the, the last couple of parts. I think that amenities, amenities are excellent. Like the, they made a mean margarita. The back porch is a great way to to watch people come up 18. Amenities could, couldn't say, like, just fantastic. I'll, we'll just leave it there. Pace, we're not actually going to talk about pace because we were playing in a tournament and we were the last group. And so it's irrelevant. I don't want to say anything about pace to Wente because we were in a tournament and it, yeah, it doesn't matter. If, if we ever go back out there, we'll be happy to comment on it. But I don't want to say anything because it would be unfair yeah. to, to Wente. But I think in our last couple of minutes here, Chris, we should talk a little bit more about layout and give people more of a perspective. Because, you know, Nick was just talking about in San Diego playing canyon golf. I don't know if this is canyon golf, but it's like a bunch of like elevated tee shots. And again, that's why not having slope. Like I remember one hole in the back nine, number 11, a par three, I hit a ball and you go great shot. And I was like, 
I'm holding yeah. my breath that this could this could be short. It could be in the middle of the green. It could be way long. I think there was actually a, a, another par three where I, I just fucking roped a hybrid and I hit it like 45 yards too far. Yeah. And I didn't know what the distance was. So I think we should give people a good sense of the layout before we sign off as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's unusual. It's unlike any course I think I've ever played because you meander through some some oak you know woodlands you know and you know the second hole there's trees in your way that you have to either hit over or hit around um there's a lot of nice bunkering but then you know you're 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 then faced with another hole where you have this as travis pointed out you're hitting your tee shot onto a tabletop in order to then hit onto a smaller tabletop that's like 50 yards uphill and for us like playing in a tournament without knowing slope just we're just guessing at this point and you know i remember you asking you hit your eight iron you're like i think that's good and i was like okay well i think i'm gonna hit it too and i hit it and i'm like i hope it's good too we just did not know because it's just very quirky that's such a bad word because it's overused but it's putting a. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, because, well, just real quick, I, I agree that, like, quirky and vibe have yeah, got to be out of our, yeah. our, our lexicon. What it is, it's, it's a golf course that's put into a place that maybe isn't very conducive to playing golf in a specific type of way. Like, it's very good yeah. target golf, especially if you have slope. But I think pros will come out here and just be like, this is, this is like, this is just kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I think what I mentioned to you there that I've really thought more about is in Tom Coyne's book, he talks to Tom Doak, double Tom. And Doak says, and again, this is just Tom Doak's take, but Doak says the most important thing for him about golf is that the course has a sense of place. And I think one of the powers I've watched recently is that I just, you know, because I'm a sicko, but I just finished No Laying Up Tourist Sauce. And you watch those places like Karn and Bally Bunyan. And it's just wild. But a big thing is, is like, it feels like those holes are found, right? Those are dunes where they're like, the dunes are just there. They were created, you know, thousands of years ago and we're finding golf holes amongst the dunes. The biggest indictment to Wente to me is rather than Wente having a sense of place, the big thing I felt all day is, yo, a golf course like shouldn't be here. Like this isn't where a golf course should be. Um, Again, that actually, I think for some people, a different customer base, a different consumer could be quite appealing, right? Where it's like, yo, like, for example, after the switchbacks, you go up this crazy hill you're teeing off on number 10. It's a 310 yard par four. You had like six iron wedge. But when you're teeing off, like there's like a canyon where like if you were to jump, you'd die. Like you're just, you're, you're dead. But you get these crazy views of like, just as far as the eye can see, you got this, again, this brown green juxtaposition. Uh, and also too, just for the fun of it, you're hitting your tee shot for better or for worse, like a power line effectively. Um, and like, again, it's like, I was thinking about how they had, I was thinking about the, would love to talk to one of the people who is building the switchback to get the carts up there to have to build that golf hole. And it's like, 
this is just I, is it worth it it's just it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's worth it. Well, the, well, and the other thing I already said, which just made us both, like, giggle, was he was saying, like, it feels like Greg Norman just wanted to find a place where he could walk around naked and just start, like, doing, <laughs> doing some of this stuff. Let's put a hole there. There. Then I'll go hit the inaugural, this is not the no. right accent, you know, the right, you know, I'll start shoveling there and, you know, I don't yeah. know. But... I think that's the thing is like I don't really I don't want to say Wente is good or bad I think because I don't I have no problem lighting golf courses on fire who deserve it I just think that like to use the analogy again you and I want to drink whiskey and this is more vodka you know I mean I just think it's not as much for us for people who enjoy you know supreme value you know don't care a ton about like conditioning other than around the greens who are more than happy to eat like a six dollar club sandwich and a tecate um Wente just skews the opposite in every way right like it makes a mean margarita but you know you're gonna have to ride in this cart that's yelling at you to get your cart back by 8 p.m and it's 11 a.m you know what i'm saying like it's just i think that it's just an it's an interesting i'm to be clear, I think everyone should play it once. I think you should go develop your own opinion. I'm not saying you shouldn't go play it. Um, and there's some certainly some fun, you know, challenging shots. Um, there's definitely some standout holes, and I want to kind of get your take on what your favorite, maybe least favorite holes were. But I think that we'd encourage everybody to go play out there once and have an opinion. I mean, because I think that Travis called it a once-a-year golf course, and you kind of mumbled to yourself and was like, you know, maybe it's just like once – you know, anytime. But I've also heard a whole bunch of people who are in the DMs on Saturday who were like, yo, like, love that place. Mm. So I think that it's just polarizing might be the term of like, it depends what you're, <laughs> depends what you're into. Yeah. Um, but Hussey, were there any holes that really stuck out to you? Yeah. Uh, I, I just have, I think it's, I think it's the first hole. Um, it's boring. It's. You mean because you made birdie, net eagle, and won 63 bucks? That is 100% why i'm saying yeah s-e-u-m-m-y scummy 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 i will take the stroke and the skin why are you leaning aggressively into the mic as you talk about because i I don't want i don't want too many people to hear that but um yeah number one the cat is the 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 cat's the cat's just banging on the door uh number one downhill straight downhill reminded me of the first hole at yocha dehi except there was no freeze drop right, but luckily my fade did not fade too far. Um, kind of a boring green, and I made birdie. So I love that hole, and um, yeah, it's just kind of weird that all of the vineyards are OB. That's very weird to me. But. And the toughest scene by far was on number eight, was a par five. Hussey hit it OB left, I hit it OB right, and we best balled our way to a, a double bogey, which was just... Because, I mean, if you were to say for both me and Hussey, like, we're both guys who, with, for the, again, the gigantic caveat, for the average golfer, our length is our strength. Like, we're guys who, if we do anything, should be tearing apart par fives, and we just, like... I, I yanked a ball into the fucking like actually it wasn't even OB. I hit it up on the hill and it was stuck behind a fence. Um, what was your favorite? Yeah, but, but what, you know, I made triple on it, but I, I thought two was a good yeah. hole because I think that it's a good. I actually think the first three holes are great because it gives you a really weird juxtaposition of one downhill kind of open par four, like you said, you get to see um, see the vineyard. Two, it's this 
very to use you know the, the dj pie what nick always does is the tight the really tight piece of property um where again the idea of using trees well good architecture um the tree is kind of over on the left forcing you to hit it to the right but over when you're over on the right you're either going to lose your ball or you're going to have no angle uh and then you have to hit hit it on this like pretty small green and then number three is just kind of a really good par uh, three with a lot of bunkers and this really cool kind of view like it just it looks like a mountain that's kind of carved out it's just it's one of those where like a hundred percent of people are going to pull out their phones and take a picture of that but i think the two is really interesting because one feels really open to your point it actually feels like a hole where it's like you should make a par and then it's like cool you just pound a driver and like now we need you to either hit like a six iron or a hybrid. Um, so I just kind of like, really liked that one. Um, and then the back, you get a little bit more of goofy golf. Like number um, 10 is the 310 yard par four, just kind of weird. Then you get another downhill par three. Then you get the, a really challenging par five, which I think is a pretty stupid hole because you, you hit your driver and there's not a lot of place at your driver. And then there's basically the green is up on this finger. If you hit it left, it's off the canyon. If you hit it right, it's in protected red stakes. Um, it's just a place where you feel like a goddamn champion for for making a par. And then you go to the next hole that's this like crazy downhill um, dog leg left. And it's just, again, it's just like a lot of, I guess the, the, the interesting part about it is it makes it's a course that just makes you feel uncomfortable because you're like, is it a three wood? Is it a driver? Is it a driving iron? You're just second guessing yourself all day, which again, very weirdly in a very different way than, than Metro where it's like, you know, it all depends on the wind. This is a course where I don't think it's based on the wind. It's based off of the slope, the elevations, but yeah, but I would tell people again, go out there, hopefully for a twilight, you know, a twilight round, load up on some beers, have your slope adjusted rangefinder, And, you know, we'd love to hear your feedback. Cause again, we're not telling you not to play it. Um, it's just a course that all day I was looking at Hussey and I was like, I'm really glad we're going to record this podcast. Cause I feel like I need to talk about this golf course. Yeah. I mean, I, while we were out there, I was like, I, I just don't know if I want to come back out here and play. But now that we're talking about it with slope, I think we could actually yeah. play really well out there once you once you really mm-hmm. know that course and like understand the quirks about it you just you can actually game so i think i think we should go out there maybe not on our own dime maybe on someone else's dime at some point but i'm, I'm kind of open to going back out there yeah well I, I think that playing in non-tournament conditions with slope, with less pressure, it pressure. Uh, that's oh, no. for you, Paul Eisinger. <laughs> no, we're not no. doing that. Um, I think that is. I think I think it, it deserves another bite at the apple. And again, it, Travis is probably right. It's probably a once-year course, right? Because the other thing too is we both play enough golf and have enough golf friends. But like, I know people who would go there and be like, "Yo, this is sick." Yeah. Right. We're like, I feel like, you know, again, there's people were like those same people we would take to Soul Park and me and you were like, oh, my God, look at the punch bowl. Look at it. And they're like, it's a fucking like flat. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. You know, like it's just again, it's a different kind of form of kind of what you want from your golf course. So, yeah. So let, let's 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 do it. We'll commit to going back out there. Maybe next and year. Kind of give it another. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next year. Yeah. There's no rush. Yeah. There's no huge rush. But anything else about uh, about Wente Hussey? Um, no. 
No. There's some really... If you have the uh, two courses we just played, if you have 10 rounds, how do you break it up? How many at Metro? I, how many at one day? Uh, sure, I'll pay for it. Um, I, I think the answer is really easy. Yeah, I'll play Metro probably eight, nine times. I was gonna say I think it's a nine to one ratio, yeah. mainly because of mainly because of cost. Yeah. And the other thing, which like we should factor in, like you said, is I do think that like we talk about this sometimes is location being agnostic. For me, living in San Francisco, it was a solid hour to Wente, and took me with traffic about an hour and thirty minutes home. So I mean, like, if there's I mean, having recently we just did a pod about going to Monterey. I mean, I spent you know more than four hours in the car for Monterey and sort of worth it because the quality of golf at Monterey it's just hard on like a on a weekend to justify two and a half out like when you're talking two and a half hours with a lot of traffic there combined with a very expensive rate combined with the quirky golf course it's just not a perfect kind of cocktail you know or if it's like yo I can go to Rooster Run and pay 40 bucks and it's like 35 minutes door to door but again that's where we're talking from from our perspective here so I think if you're in the East Bay like our buddy Ian he lives pretty close to it. I think he kind of beats up the the twilight rate. Could totally see why that would be a, a great option, especially because with the views at twilight, I bet that place is. That's what we should do. We should go play a twilight round because I bet I bet twilight there is is pretty magical. But again, it's kind of the caveat to people is like it's not really about the golf, sort of. I mean, but I think if you're going to go do that, it's like we're going to get some crazy crazy views, drink some. Uh, uh, you know, delightful. They had some uh, pink lemonade hard seltzers. Like, don't judge us until you Those drink them. Very good, super good. And their chart, one of their good. chardonnays, I think, was called Morning Fog. Very nice. Love that. Very nice. Very nice. So, so definitely go check out both these. Again, I think that we have to say like Metro is much more of kind of a staple, something I think you could eat every day and love yeah. it. Wente is sort of a, a once it's in a, a while. Splurge. But yeah, well, here's yeah. here's my big question: Where would you rather play? Wente or Rams Hill? Taking price into account. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't, you don't have to answer that now, that. but um, I think that yeah, is a tough I'm not, question. I'm, I'm not going to answer that. I'm, I'm, I'm not. All I'll say is the people at Wente were were very nice to us. That that's all I'm going to say there. The people at Wente acted like we wanted us there, and I'll I'll, I'll leave it there. Ironically, as you used your Rams Hill ball marker to mark your ball, but you know, that's that's we go back to episode five if you want to listen to that. We're we're we're, we're done. Rest in rest in peace on those takes. But but Mr. Hussey, it was lovely to talk to you, man. I'm excited to see you at Sharp Park, and uh, we'll certainly do this again soon. Because hopefully, you know, you listeners are noticing we're just trying to mix up the format sometimes. Like love doing the pod with Big Chris, but with him in Portland, I think it sometimes makes sense to have spent you know eight nine hours with with Hussey and just trying to give you guys some different voices, a different perspective. So appreciate all the support, and Hussey, excited to have you back. Uh, soon, man. Yeah, man. Anytime. Please, uh, please invite me on again. Okay. <laughs> a, little, a little thirsty over there. <laughs> please. Okay. Please. <laughs> Again, whisper in the mic. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Uh-huh.